we meet in the name of God, who knows our needs, hears our cries, feels our pains, and heals our wounds. Welcome, everyone, to St. Mary and St. Berens Church, Berensfield. Berensfield Church recently celebrated our 60th anniversary. We're part of the Dorchester ministry team in the Diocese of Oxford. And it's a real privilege to be worshipping with you here today. Today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. And as we begin to look forward to Christmas, it's, of course, a joyful time. But it's also a time for many different powerful emotions. It's a time when we gather together as family and friends. And for many people, that joy will be accompanied by a sense of loss. For many families and communities, there may be an extra space at the table. Maybe someone who has died, or a separation, or estrangement. Maybe a friend or a loved one who is living abroad. So today, we will be thinking and praying for all those people and bringing the truth and depth of our feelings, whatever they are, to the God who loves us. Like many churches around the country and the world today, we will be lighting our fourth Advent candle, because it's the fourth Sunday of Advent. You may wish to light one or more candles as you join us from home today, as we reflect and remember that God's light is with us. So first, we're going to light the fourth candle of our Advent wreath. God our Father, the angel Gabriel told the Virgin Mary that she was to be the mother of your son. Though Mary was afraid, she responded to your call with joy. Help us, whom you have called to serve you, to share like her in your great work of bringing to our world your love and healing. We ask this through Jesus Christ, the light who is coming into the world. Amen. Dear friends, wherever you are, God knows our needs before we ask. Yet as we ask, we become ready to receive the gift of God's grace. Let us be open to God's healing presence as we bring before God those things which have hurt us or brought us to hurt others so we might be made whole. Friend of sinners, you bring us hope in our despair. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Healer of the sick, you give strength in our weakness. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Destroyer of evil, you bring life in our dying. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. There are times when all we see is the darkness, and we may cry out, The Lord has forsaken me, forgotten me. But God says, I shall never forget you. I have inscribed you on the palm of my hand. Therefore, receive the assurance of your acceptance and worth in God's sight. 
May the God of all healing and forgiveness draw us to himself and cleanse us from all our sins, that we may behold the glory of his Son, the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I was married to a church army officer, so we've all been involved in the church, and Christmas was very important. I was widowed nine months the first Christmas, and it was different. Every Christmas is different. You don't forget the one you love. And I suppose at Christmas, the thing I miss most about my husband is his singing voice, because he had a beautiful singing voice, and he used to sing parts. And I actually realised the Christmas before he died that I would never hear him sing the part or in Away in a Manger again. And so when I hear the Christmas carols with the parts he was singing, that's the time when I feel sadness. And I know God loves us all and I know where he is. And who can't be happy when you share your Christmas with children at crib services and the family come round the table. And though we all miss him and his space is empty, he is never forgotten.
A reading from Isaiah, beginning to read from the 33rd verse of chapter 10. Let us listen for the word of the Lord. See the Lord, the Lord Almighty, will lop off the boughs with great power. The lofty trees will be felled, the tall ones will be brought low. He will cut down the forest thickets with an axe, Lebanon will fall before the mighty one. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes, or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy, with justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. In that day the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. A reading from Luke's Gospel. Mary got up and went quickly to a town in the hills of Judea. She came to Zachariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greetings, the unborn baby inside her jumped, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She cried out in a loud voice, God has blessed you more than any other woman, and he has blessed the baby to which you will give birth. Why has this good thing happened to me? that the mother of my Lord comes to me. When I heard your voice, the baby inside me jumped with joy. You are blessed because you believe that what the Lord said to you would really happen. Then Mary said, My soul praises the Lord. My heart rejoices in God my Saviour because he has shown his concern for his humble servant girl. From now on, all people will say that I am blessed, because the powerful one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. God will show his mercy forever and ever to those who worship and serve him. He has done mighty deeds by his power. He has scattered the people who are proud and think great things about themselves. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and raised up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with nothing. He has helped his servants, the people of Israel, remembering to show them mercy, as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his children forever. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Come to Bethlehem and see Him whose birth the angels see 
May I speak in the name of the living God, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. How do you feel about angels? They're very hard to avoid as we look toward Christmas. They're there in decorations wherever we turn. They're in our carols. They're among the hordes of excited small children wearing tinsel halos for their school nativity plays. It's hard to imagine the season without them. Messengers of light and hope. Emphatically good news. Except, of course, when they're not. I'm speaking from the Chapel of Christ in Gethsemane in Coventry Cathedral. And the angel behind me is one whose arrival must have seemed at best ambivalent. Dominating the space, this angel is the one sometimes known as the angel of the agony. The one who offered Christ the bitter cup of suffering that he willingly drained for us all as he embraced the world on the cross. In this space, the angel could be an overwhelming presence. A reminder that often the first words that an angel speaks are an attempt to quell our mounting panic. Do not be afraid. To have an angel, a messenger from God, break into your life can be anything but reassuring. Yes, angels do bring good news, but sometimes that good news will be a long, long time revealing itself. And in the meantime, the angel may seem to be mainly a messenger of disruption. Angels land uninvited and turn everything upside down. And very often we don't actually recognize them and cannot welcome the change that they bring. For most of us, the past two years will have seen the landscape of our lives reshaped in ways we'd never have chosen and could not have imagined. There is a weight of collective sadness for the old pre-COVID world where life felt so much more certain, so much less provisional. And for many, this coming season feels very short of comfort and joy in the absence of someone much loved who's gone from here too soon. I'm not suggesting for a second that those losses, that grief, is in any way engineered by God. Far from it. If you're finding it hard to raise your eyes, to scan for even a glimpse of light and hope, that's not only reasonable, but absolutely okay with God, who is always ready to sit with us in our darkness. But if you're hoping for some good news to carry you through these coming days, where should we start? And what has any of this to do with our Gospel reading as Mary meets her cousin Elizabeth? Mary, of course, has had her own angelic visitor, and her life has been disrupted in a way that literally beggars belief. It seems unlikely that the breaking news of her pregnancy was something she could really welcome, for all the obedience of her response. And as she contemplated the massive life changes ahead, I'd imagine she did so with something akin to dread at least at first. When she left Nazareth for the hill country to spend time with her cousin, I'm sure she was seeking comfort and reassurance, a place to hide out while she began to come to terms with her situation. If so, Elizabeth's words of greeting must have had a tremendous impact, the first confirmation that Gabriel's message might bear fruit in the life of this teenager from small town Galilee. Blessed are you. Blessed? Really? A teenager dealing with an unplanned pregnancy? Possibly doubting her own sanity as she reflects on her encounter with Gabriel in the cold light of day? How can she believe his insistence that this baby she's carrying is God's gift to the world? And yet, and yet, amid all this chaos of emotions and hormones, of amazement and alarm, something wonderful is happening. 
Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and finds herself against the odds, standing as another messenger of good news, an angel in disguise. Her greeting validates Mary's experience, confirming that the wild imaginings of Gabriel's visit are, after all, a living reality. There are two babies growing here, and as they meet, the Spirit gives to each mother a vision of what their birth will mean for them and for the world. Mary needs Elizabeth's greeting before she can fully claim and celebrate what is already happening within her and for her. She is already the God-bearer, carrying that precious spark of life whose coming changes everything for all time and beyond. She has earned an unchallenged place in salvation history, her obedience to God's call enabling her to cooperate with God in a way that no one else has ever done. But she's still in some ways an ordinary girl, seeking reassurance from one older and wiser, a woman to whom she can trust this greatest secret. Even the mother of God needs the comfort and support of fellow pilgrims. Like us, she needs to know that she's not alone as she copes with matters of life and death. And inspired by the reassurance she receives, she flowers into that hymn of praise that we call the Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. But once again, depending on your perspective, it is not joy all round. This vision of God's kingdom is great for those on the edges, those who feel small and insignificant, who wonder if their life amounts to anything much. It's good for those clinging onto faith by their fingertips, amazing for the have-nots, whatever they lack. But for the powerful, secure in their place in the world, Mary's song of praise may well strike a chill. This is the world turned upside down by something beyond human control. Another version of Isaiah's vision that was shared in our first reading. Look, the sovereign, the Lord of hosts, will lop the boughs with terrifying power. The tallest trees will be cut down, the lofty will be brought low. I must confess I've glossed over those verses before, hurrying on to the beautiful promise of hope reborn as a shoot springs up from the stock of Jesse. But they're there as another reminder of how being part of God's agenda may sometimes feel akin to losing everything, having your life laid waste. Confronting that, I'm glad I'm with you today in Coventry. This chapel of Christ in Gethsemane stands in the new cathedral, consecrated in 1962 as a sign of hope after the traumas of the Coventry Blitz had brought down a building that had spoken of God's presence in the city for centuries. The loss of the medieval cathedral and of around 600 civilian lives surely felt like unmitigated disaster in the aftermath of the bombing. But from that place of loss and devastation, gradually, wonderfully, something new was born. Not just this building, beautiful and beloved though it is, but an extraordinary work of reconciliation that continues to invite all who visit to travel from a fractured past toward a future that we may not even begin to imagine. Mary's vocation was to embrace the challenge of being the God-bearer, in her context of anxious hope. She carried Christ within her in a way that nobody else could do. But whatever our context of loss or struggle, we carry Christ within us too. As we travel toward the shortest, darkest days of the year, be alert 
for the Christ light shining in others to offer light and peace. And when you're able, allow that light to shine through you as well, till God's future breaks into even our present and the angels rejoice once more. Amen. We're now going to light four candles as we think about the ways that Christmas can be difficult or sad. And we remember that God's presence is with us. This candle represents our sadness today. We miss friends and family, especially those who have died. In the quiet, we hold our grief before Christ, who gathers each one of our tears. Lord, may your light shine in the darkness. This candle represents the things that worry us today. We might be anxious about money, or food, or gifts, or many things. In the quiet, we hold all our fears before Christ, who bears them with us. Lord, may your light shine in the darkness. This candle represents our disappointments today. There are people we won't see, words we haven't said, things we haven't done, and love that has gone wrong. In the quiet, we hold our disappointments before Christ, who took them into himself on the cross. Lord, may your light shine in the darkness. This candle represents our courage. We need courage to admit we are sad, courage to hope and courage to help others, even when the night seems long and dark. In the quiet, we hold to the flame of courage in us, asking Christ to strengthen it by the breath of his spirit. Lord, may your light shine in the darkness. If you've been able to light a candle, or are able to imagine a light in the darkness, pause now and let God's love draw close to you, even as we draw closer to the coming of the Christ child into the world. This uh, Christmas Day is going to be a strange one for us. It will be our first one without my grandmother, um, Inez Pauline Pemberton. Um, you can see a book that we managed to write about her life here. And I'd encourage you to do the same if you get an opportunity um, uh, about your own loved one. Um, we will particularly be thinking of my nan after the Queen's speech. Uh, our family tradition was that after that speech, my nan would 
make her own speech, uh, reflecting on the year and encouraging us all as a family. And so I know that that will be a particularly uh, difficult and sensitive time for all of us. Um, but we're also thinking about families around the country who will also be uh, struggling with the loss of their own loved ones. Let us pray. As we wait in anticipation of your coming, Lord Jesus, and we gather together with joy, let us remember those for whom Christmas this year will be painful, those who cannot celebrate because of financial difficulty or life's uncertainties, those who will spend the time alone, those who will be in hospital or are ill, and those who will miss loved ones they're unable to see. We pray especially for people who have been bereaved, for whom the happy family times can be a distressing reminder of their loss. Jesus Emmanuel, come and be with us. God of all comfort, send us your peace. God of our world, as we think about your creation, we pray for places ravaged by disaster and war. We pray for courage for all men, women and children, and ask that you'll draw close to those who long for safety or who are distressed and afraid. Jesus Emmanuel, come and be with us. God of all comfort, send us your peace. God of wisdom, we pray for our leaders and ask that you'll inspire them with your heart and your will. We pray for governments around the world as they continue to fight the threat of COVID and deal with the problems in its wake. We pray for charity over the sharing of vaccines and for our own government as it works towards recovery whilst continuing to protect us from harm. May the weak and vulnerable be foremost in their thoughts. Jesus, Emmanuel, come and be with us. God of all comfort, send us your peace. God of love, we pray for our communities and we ask that you'll strengthen the bonds between neighbours and friends. As Christmas approaches, help us to reach out with kindness to one another. May we notice those who are lonely or in need and be to those around us your ears, hands and feet. Jesus Emmanuel, come and be with us. God of all comfort, send us your peace. God of compassion, be close to all who are struggling with life's challenges. Bring healing to those who are unwell and hope to those who are sad. Help us to know that whatever happens in life, you are with us. And lift our hearts and minds to the coming of your kingdom, where there will be no more tears, sorrow, 
dying or pain. Jesus Emmanuel, come and be with us. God of all comfort, send us your peace. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. The prayer for the day. Eternal God, as Mary waited for the birth of your Son, may we wait for his coming in glory. Bring us through the birth pangs of this present age to see with her our great salvation. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning. My name is Yvonne, and I want to tell you why I founded Atalost.org, a charity which helps bereaved people find support. In 2008, I was a minister at Coventry Cathedral when my husband died suddenly and my life went into turmoil. You know, even though I was a minister, I was taken by surprise by the isolation, the heartache, the many problems that bereaved people can face. And it was devastating. I was fortunate though to come across the bereavement journey at Holy Trinity Brompton and the widowed young support of Care for the Family. They're both support initiatives that are provided by churches and they transformed things for me. And I realised the difference that finding understanding support can make, um, both from people around us as, as well as those who can help specifically with our loss. So when things had improved, I set up at a loss.org to try to make that possible for everyone across the UK. At a loss provides a website hub of bereavement information and services that enables anyone who's lost a loved one to find the understanding help that they need. Everything from immediate information and helplines to the support services that exist across the country, that's specialist as well as local help. And there are filters that make it easy to select services and resources just right for, this, for the loss, the situation. And there's an online counsellor as well. You know, Christmas is difficult at the best of times for anyone who's been bereaved. And this year, after all the restrictions that we've had for more than 18 months, it's likely to be particularly hard. So if someone has died, I hope you'll make use of the Atalos website and that you'll tell others about it because there's help there for everyone, including great support like I found from churches.
Christ, the Son of righteousness, shine upon us. Scatter the darkness from before our paths and make us ready to meet him when he comes in glory. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen. Mm -hmm.